It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Making It Personal podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Fersner, and today I am joined by a very special guest. And now I will allow her to introduce herself to you guys and tell you about her role in South Carolina education. My name is Quincina Dantzler, and I'm the Director of Virtual School Education for Orangeburg County School District. I serve and support all educators in the implementation of online and digital learning resources. Awesome. I'm so glad you can join us today, Quinn. Let's jump into our first question. So um, obviously this is back to school season and this season will look a whole lot different than we've ever seen it before. Obviously with COVID-19 in full effect, um, a lot of districts across our state are having to decide when and how they will resume learning um, within their context. So the first question I have for you is, in your opinion, what does it mean to remain or be student-centered during this time, especially in a virtual or a hybrid setting? What does that mean to you? To remain student-centered in a time such as this in education reminds me of the utmost importance of us keeping the student first in the classroom to provide the student with a learning opportunity that showcases who they are as an individual, to give students the opportunity to have voice and choice in their learning and the opportunity to create from a unique student perspective. Awesome. So with that in mind, um, as a school year is underway and um, many teachers across the state are trying to start their planning or wrap up their planning, what should be, um, what are some things that teachers should actually take into consideration as they are planning out going back into this school year? Teachers should definitely start with the resources that their district provides. So at this time in the pandemic, most school districts are returning uh, to school virtually. And so with that being said, school districts usually provide a learning management system, which is simply an online platform where teachers can post information such as video lessons, files, and host discussions with their students. So utilizing the learning management platform is going to be a key component to delivering instruction. So a teacher should definitely start by understanding what resources are available to them and how to use those resources. They also want to become adept on the tools that the students will be using. Knowing which students has access to the internet is going to be critical in terms of the alternative means that they might offer to students um, as they provide lessons. I would imagine that keeping in line with, you know, this notion of being student at the beginning of the year, it probably would make sense for teachers to also think about how to establish norms and expectations for their learning environment, whether it be in a virtual setting or in a hybrid setting. So what are some ways that you think teachers could go about doing that? Oh, I think the number one thing they can do is definitely get to know their students. So have a few of those fun activities for students to get to know them as well as to know their classmates. And then to learn in a virtual environment, you still want to have some norms that you could possibly have the students help you create. So ask the students to perhaps suggest a few things 
that everyone would agree to do in the online learning environment. This might be come to class on time and be appropriately dressed and to keep your microphone on and for each person to maybe make at least two to three comments during the lesson activity. This way, the teacher and the students can feel compelled that they're all in this together and that they're all learning at the same time and yet have a productive digital learning environment. Do you have any tips or anything on establishing culture and trust amongst students at this time um, for teachers? A lot of teachers are going to be going back and meeting students for the first time. Um, and I know that a, a few moments ago you mentioned making sure that teachers are setting aside that time to get to know their students, not only at the beginning, but to ensure that that's an ongoing process throughout the year. What are some strategies that you think teachers can utilize um, in order to make that happen? Well, the, I think the number one thing that a teacher could do is to recognize um, the power in showcasing or making known just a few of their vulnerabilities. It's important that the students recognize that the teacher is not perfect and that we as teachers not convey ourselves in a manner in which we're going to get, always get everything right. They think they have to get everything right and everything has to be perfect every time around, and it is simply not going to be the case. So to let students know that we all have vulnerabilities, and this is a time which we are all learning. And so as a teacher, you are going to have to open up just a little bit to let students see your human side, and then also give yourself the opportunity to um, have a little bit of grace for your errors and say, I made a mistake. And likewise, give those students the exact same kind of grace to know that they're going to make mistakes, not just academic mistakes, they're gonna make digital mistakes and to let them know that it's okay. Um, oftentimes I think individuals think students are perfect or they should have this ideal perfect student and that's really not the case. Um, students are constantly growing and they make silly mistakes, sometimes they make intentional mistakes, um, but it's not always an intentional mistake and teachers can be a little bit more um, gentle in their correction with students and, and help them realize that um, mistakes don't necessarily warrant condemnation in the classroom. Absolutely. So what about parents? Um, right now, I'm hearing a lot of talk about how important it is to keep parents in the loop and to make parents feel included and involved in this you know, process of going to a hybrid model or a virtual model. What do you think are some ways that teachers can continue to reach out to parents during this time, not just at the beginning of the year, but like I said, to continue throughout the year? What are some strategies that you think might be crucial in that way? Teachers definitely have to be proactive and share with both the, the students and parents uh, their means of communication and how they can be reached. I think a great idea would be to host some weekly activities that parents could participate in. Um, and they don't have to be long. It could be a 10 to 15 minute virtual meeting where parents have an opportunity to join in the conversation with the teacher just to talk about the week's activities, progress of their children, and uh, a few minutes talking about the, the current events of the day. Parents need to recognize that teachers are truly their partners in the learning process and that they actually want to help the parents in educating their children. And I'm not sure we always do a good job 
of opening the door and inviting parents into the educational world. So I think by hosting at least twice a month, something for parents to be engaged in in an online environment will be very productive and it will open the door for parents to feel a little bit more at ease of their students learning in the digital environment. So from a leadership perspective, um, obviously educators across the board are, you know, having to face a lot of unknowns and having to, in some cases, step outside of the box and outside of their comfort zones in order to make learning happen this year. What are some ways that you think educational leaders who might be tuning into our podcast can use this time to really help teachers to grow in their practice in this type of environment? Oh, this is a perfect time to take on something new. I think that we all are lifelong learners and we really do our best to continue to strive and grow. And as educators, it's important for us to have ways in which we can um, enhance our profession. So if it's an activity that your school district is providing, then it should be something that is job embedded, something that educators could use immediately and incorporate it into their teaching practice. And then if your district is not providing any professional development uh, directly related to virtual learning, then there are so many resources available. Um, A lot of individuals use Twitter as their professional learning network. And if not Twitter, many of the educational organizations have awesome resources available on their websites. So um, if you're not a member, you don't necessarily have to join to peruse the site and reap some of the benefits of the information that's being posted online. How important do you think it is for um, leaders in education to think about, if they're not already doing this, personalizing professional learning for their teachers rather than, you know, maybe a one-size-fits-all traditional way of facilitating PD? I think personalizing professional development is definitely the way to go. Educators are so different, and we all have had a unique walk in our career. So providing educators with um, the opportunity to grow in in a capacity that meets their individual needs is critical and important. So perhaps let educators choose something that might be a passion project or a challenge area for them. Most of us have something that we would like to learn about, but we simply haven't had the time and the opportunity. So creating space for educators to simply research and grow in an area that is of interest to them would be impactful and powerful. And then for those of us who know of an area that we need to work on, to let us grow in a way to identify that area and take it on in a personal and private way is a way to help us showcase that we have the capacity to do what we need to do as an individual and improve learning um, at a pace and a rate that would be effective for us. And then of course, districts can look at ways in which they can document that through professional learning goals, and evidence in portfolios. Um, There are several ways in which a school district or educator can document their growth. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll be right back for our special segment.
We are back with Miss Quinn for our special segment, and I like to call this segment Making It or Breaking It. So, Quinn, I would like you to either choose a make, which is a highlight, something you've seen in the world of personalized learning um, that you have personally made happen, or you can share a break, which could be a concern, a barrier, or a struggle that you've seen or encountered, and maybe how you overcame. I'm going to go with a break. Okay. And I think that the break is going to be to simply tear down some of those fears with personalized learning. Now, I haven't had to uh, cross this barrier, but I have helped so many educators step out and take that leap of faith and start implementing strategies for personalized learning, whether that is creating an individual pathway for students or the variation of content, um, the variation of uh product or the means in which a student demonstrates their learning through competency-based practices, all of those unique ways of which students can showcase their learning that matches their capacity have been um, so exciting for both the teachers and the students. So I definitely think the thing that we're going to work towards tearing down more and more of are those fears of starting in personalized learning in the classroom. I love that. Um, I've never had a guest take the break and remix it like that. So I really like that. And I <laughs> I really believe that like we really do as educators, just across the board, we have to break this fear that we have going in. A lot of times we fear the unknown. And, you know, that's that is normal. That's a normal reaction. But, you know, for us to be able to rise up and say, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to do what's best for students. And we are going to move forward and we're going to declare that this is going to be a great year and we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. So I love that you said that. And I agree. Let's break the fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Quinn. My last question for you is how can people reach out to you after they finish listening to this, if they'd like to get back in touch with you? Sure, I can be reached via email and it is Q-U-E-N-C-E-N-I-A dot Dantzler, D-A-N-T-Z-L-E-R at O-C-S-D-S-C dot org. Well, thank you so much. We'll be right back to close things out. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Be sure to connect with the Office of Personalized Learning on social media. Tweet us at PersonalizedSC and follow us on Instagram at SCPersonalize. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a brand new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!